everybody. This is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the all-new podcast where my mom, <laughs> Bonnie Tatey, shares her view of pop culture, small-town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews the Mr. Rogers documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Let's bring her in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm excited about our review today, although I needed a little extra time just to recover from watching it. But uh, I know we'll, we'll get to that. Um, oh, how are things in your neck of the woods? Um, things are pretty good. Um, I have. Well, first of all, this is this is something that I've run up against more than once. Mm. And you probably have, too. So I'm okay. going to tell you i have a fossil watch that i really like my sister gave it to me and it's you know it's pretty sharp looking but it has a blue face and when the sun hits it at a proper angle and time of day whatever it it gives off an orange Mm. circle and i want to know why and i've had this watch for at least a year and So I finally wrote to the company, and you get back this little form thing, more or less. It's not really a form thing. What is the number on the back of your watch, blah, blah, blah. And I explained to them, I don't want another watch like this. This is not what I'm asking. I'm asking, why does it glow, reflect, orange? And if I wanted to get another watch that did this, what would be the description that I looked for? Mm. Because I think it's odd. Right. So he sends back a thing that says, what's the number on your watch? You know, blah, 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 blah. All right. Here's the number on my watch. I say, I'm not looking to replace this watch. I just want to know what that is. Why does that happen? Mm. Okay. Do you do you have a guess? I think I've seen this before with with your watch. Um, I don't have a guess. I do know that orange occupies. Well, I guess I have a little bit of a guess. Uh, orange o- occupies the opposite spot on the color wheel uh, from from blue. So I think if the blue light were being absorbed, perhaps the reflection. Well, I still don't think the reflection would be. No, my theory doesn't make sense at all. My, I need to brush up on my light color theory. <laughs> all right, I'll wait while you do that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the second response, okay? And he says, "We're sorry to inform you that we no longer have <laughs> we no longer have this watch in stock. Could I have said it any more times? I'm not looking for." And here's the answer that I've finally been waiting for. It says, looks like the materials used for this watch is what creates the color changes. Oh, geez. (laughs) So I could have just asked my cat what makes this happen and gotten as much satisfaction. (laughs) But why? And, And so this is my question. Why didn't they try? They they didn't even try. This is this is the you know support watch support. This is the best you can do, you know. And then it goes on to say, uh, let us know if there's anything else we can assist you with. And you didn't help me with this. It's so frustrating, isn't it? Because you just if you could just get a human response, 
I feel like we could have a little back and forth, maybe. Even if the answer were still I don't know, if they had come back to you and said, "Hey, we asked one of our engineers or one of our designers, and um, they don't know why this particular material behaves this way or whatever," but there's no sense of an effort. You know, I had to. or I tried to resolve an issue with the O-Logical Facebook page, which I've basically abandoned at this point because I got so tired of fighting with them. But I had a pretty simple request, but it was something I couldn't do myself. I basically needed to merge the page with another page. Like, I needed to merge the O-Logical page with with another page that had been set up by mistake that was O-Logical Online. Right. So it was basically and I just need to merge them, which is a thing you can request. Um, They kept coming back and saying, we cannot. Looks like you've made a request that we can't help you with from here. And and they sent me a link to some, I don't know, some help pages. And I kept writing back saying, then can you like your Facebook? I am asking you to help me with Facebook. Where am I supposed to? What does from here mean? I can't help you with that from here. Well, go where you can help me then. Yeah, yeah. Or do they have to come to your house? Half a dozen exchanges we had, Mom. And every time it was the can't help you from here the first three times, but I just kept coming back at them and saying, like, well, you, there's nobody else who can help me. Like it, um, Right. And then they just started acting like I had requested something else, like happened with you. You know, they said, your, yeah. your request for a name change has been rejected. I said, I don't want to change the name of the page. It's named the right thing. <laughs> it's frustrating, though. I'm laughing, but it's very frustrating, it, it, don't it, you think? Well, it's, yeah, but it's comical in, in this bleak, bureaucratic way. It feels like they'll make up anything. You know, I, I hate when they'll put words in your mouth, right? Like, you, oh, you want, a, yeah. you want a new watch. Sorry, we don't have one. Like, right. I didn't say that. That's not what I was saying at all. And I said it twice. You know, um, I don't even know if I'm talking to the same person and I'm probably not. But there's just no way to get a a simple answer. Yeah, no, that's the last thing they'll give you. Um, Capitalism, mom. Is that what it is? Yeah. It It always comes down to that. Well, to me, it's a waste of time for somebody's job to... To be so meaningless and so unhelpful, what's the point? Their job is to get rid of you. If they can help you with something that is on their checklist, then fine. But if not, their job is, it's like if you walked in the store and the Walmart greeter, instead of saying hello, just just said, oh, um, we can't help you with that, and turned you around and shoved you back out the door. And their job is to keep shoving you. As long as as long as it takes to get you to go away. Because you stopped now, right? Well, I did. I did. I contemplated contacting them once more, but I thought with that definitive answer of it's the materials in the watch, that was as close yeah. as I was going to get. <laughs> That's as good as and I good. just lost hope, you know. I yeah. just said, oh, you know. But I will tell you that it does sour me on fossil. Well, yeah, it's pretty short-sighted. And they don't care because this guy did his job. Well, they should care, but they don't. You're right. All right. Well, that's very irritating to me, and I still have no answer. So any of you geniuses out there that can tell me why this is, you know, the glass is not colored. It's, I just, it's a, it's pretty cool. But, you know, how would I know if I ever wanted to get another watch that did that? I don't even know what that would be 
described as, because apparently it's a mystery to everyone but the maker, the absolute maker. That's who I want to talk to. Yeah, yeah. Hope well, somebody in the listenership can help us out. Okay. The listenership, and, the SS Pop Mom. <laughs> toot, toot. Oh, it sounds a little... The only SS I know is the minnow, and that was not a very successful... <laughs> Trip, so let's let's don't go there. Okay. Now Here's I my other thing. Okay, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was just going to tee you up. Oh, well, I'm just going to ram right in because this one again. I love everyone that listens and that doesn't listen. Well, that's not true. Mm-hmm. But anyway, mm-hmm. here's my story. Um, we have a man that comes and sprays around the house for barmans. And essentially, I think he's just out there spraying water because, uh, you know, we still have ants in the spring and mm-hmm. we, we and the house is being inundated with moles or voles or one of those little things. There's mm-hmm. little holes all over the place. This is this is not like the big hole where the squirrel lives out in the backyard, but this is little holes all over that make the yard squishy. Oh, okay, and, so we got moles and voles and holes. Right. So the Orkin man comes, and he, he's, you know, he says, "Don't let it, don't let your animals out for an hour after I've been here to give this stuff time to dry." This stuff that I have no idea what it is, but he's wearing gloves and covers over his shoes, and I don't know, the whole thing is suspect, but we we do let him come, and all he's probably doing is contaminating our groundwater, but anyway, I said to him, this, and this guy is the sweetest, sweetest guy you could ever want to talk to, Mm. really, really trying to be helpful, really proud of his job, but his eyes go in two different directions, and after I was done talking to him, I was all sweaty and clammy because I tried to talk to each eye equally mm-hmm. because I just, I didn't want to offend him so much. And I hope I didn't, but it was so awkward. And I just vow to try to never see him again. <sighs> I just don't know what to do. I can't figure out which eye is the one to talk to. I know. I know. Uh, and you I, know, you know this is an awkward sincere situation. Oh, I know. I, I there's nothing but kindness intended here. Yes. No. It's um you want to make him feel comfortable just as any other person, but you're right. yeah, when you can't figure out where your eye line should be, it's it's difficult, but I'm sure he's used to that. I'm sure he didn't take offense, and I, you just got to pick one, even if it's the quote-unquote wrong one. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, you just, I do. Just pick one so that you can stop thinking about it, and then you, I, then I think you can carry on a, a conversation. Okay. Okay. That's my approach was, to that situation. Okay. All right. Because I think we've all probably been in in a situation like that that you just are so. Uh, just working so hard at not the conversation, but the the peripheral stuff. And I just don't know if I botched it or not. I'm sure you did. I hope. No, I'm sure okay. you did. So anyway, 
we did start conversing about the voles and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he's had some education and this and that. And I said, yes, you go around the house, you'll see there's dozens and dozens of holes. And he said, well, here's what you do. Go to the grocery store, buy a bag of Jolly Ranchers, and stick one or two of them down every hole. That the, that the okay. They can't digest them. Oh. You murdered them so, with Jolly Ranchers? With Jolly Ranchers, which I love. I love Jolly <laughs> Ranchers. Um, but I'm a little off them now because just the thought of them. Well, I'm not eating sugar anyway right now. But I love a Jolly Rancher. But my God, now I'm supposed to use it as a murder weapon. Uh, <laughs> wow. I It was mind-boggling. And I'm still a little boggled. Wow. That must what be what's keeping the Jolly Rancher people in business, though, because those are terrible, Mom. That is the worst Halloween candy to get, and that was always what the last thing that was left over three days later. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. You don't come from the era of an apple, somebody putting a, a goddamn apple in your bag? <laughs> sure, that's happened, that's but that doesn't even count. That's a diff- Like, Jolly Rancher is still candy. It still qualifies as candy, but it's just the worst that and Mike and Ike's. Forget it. Ah, I love Mike and Ike's. You're nuts. Maybe is that the is that the licorice one? No, Mike, Mike and, and Ike's is Ike's the fruit one. Like a like a jelly bean type thing. What are the ones I'm thinking of that are in the like pink and purple box, Ma? Good They're and plenty. Good and plenties. Ugh. Love them. Those are terrible. Well, Johnny. Yeah. The story did not end there, because he then went on to tell me. How many teeth he'd lost while he himself was eating a Jolly Rancher? What? He'd lost more than one tooth this way? Yeah, apparently. Well, he told me two. He's lost two he, teeth. He lost two, yeah, eating Jolly Ranchers. He crunched down on it, and when he crunched up, his tooth came with it. So he lost two at once. Well, it, it wasn't clear. Because I feel like if I lost a body part to a food... That I would be done with that food forever. Well, maybe he was a kid and it was supposed to come out. I don't know. Oh, maybe. That makes for much... Yeah, did he... Well, was he missing any teeth as far as you could tell? I guess he'd probably have no. the dentures in, wouldn't he? Hmm. And I did not do a dental exam, so um, I, um, I just assumed it was sort of at a time when it should have happened. Okay. Okay. Wow. The scourge of Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. I'll have to continue never eating them because they're terrible. <laughs> well, I keep forgetting to buy them. So the moles live on. <laughs> Boy, I, I don't really know, want to know how they die from the Jolly Rancher either. It's... Nor do I want to think of my yard full of dead moles. Dead moles and candy. It's like the worst gumdrop uh, sugar plum <laughs> land. I think we could write a musical about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, my God, I don't know. And can you imagine years from now when they excavate this sometime and they'll say, what are all these gems all over the place? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Blue, here's a sapphire. I don't know. It's That's what it is. Is there a Blue Jolly Rancher? Blue raspberry, they must have. You know, a green apple, I think that's the biggie, not my favorite flavor. 
Yeah, that's what I always picture, the green apple. Uh, yeah. Jolly Rancher. Yuck. Right. All right. Well, I hope you're not getting Jolly Ranchers for Halloween this year. Well, um, you know, they don't really even do Halloween anymore. They have a little party at the community center, so there's no children that come knocking at the door. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I don't think Halloween's going to be around a lot longer as as we know it. Because, you know, candy has such a bad name now. Hmm. Seems like Halloween lasts longer and longer anymore, though. Well, the decorating is certainly getting a big, uh, you know. People were starting to put up uh, Halloween decorations in September around here. And um, (laughs) you know what? I don't really want to look at skulls and fake spider webs. And all that nonsense for that much time. For me, like, put them up a week before, please, and that's plenty. Why did we have to spend a month with all this ghouls and, I don't know, I'm not a huge fan of the whole Halloween aesthetic to begin with, so I guess I just don't like looking at it so much. And by the time Halloween actually rolls around, everything's been rained on, it's all droopy and sad, and maybe that's fitting uh, for the spooky holiday, but ugh. Well, I hear what you're saying there, but I have to say you're kind of a Scrooge when it comes to any kind of decorating. Well, I just don't want to deal with hassle. That's true. Shall we move along to our review, Mom? Yes, let's Oh, I just have to read this ad real quick. Um, This episode of Pop Mom is brought to you by Jolly Ranchers, the delicious hard candy. (laughs) 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 Oh, you got me good with that one. All right, here we go. Uh, Today, Mom and I are talking about Won't You Be My Neighbor, released earlier this year to commemorate what would have been Fred Rogers' 90th birthday year. Won't You Be My Neighbor explores the life, achievements, and philosophy of the children's television icon. The film recently became available to stream in your own home. Here's a clip. Pardon me? They are gathered in this television studio with Fred Rogers, an adult who cares just about them. His reward is the love of millions of children. I want to tell you something. What would you like to tell I like you. I like you, my dear. Thank you very much for telling me that. We had a director that once said to me, if you take all of the elements that make good television and do the exact opposite, you have Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Low production values, simple set, unlikely star. Yet, it worked. Because he was saying something really important. Love is at the root of everything. All learning, all parenting, all relationships. Love or the lack of it. What we see and hear on the screen is part of who we become. Won't You Be My Neighbor is available to rent or buy on Amazon Video, iTunes, and many other streaming services. Mom, was it a beautiful day in your neighborhood? It was the most beautiful day. It was the most beautiful day. What did you think? (sighs) I don't even know if we can talk about this without crying. I started to cry as soon as you started talking. It was a very intense experience uh, for me to watch this movie. We were going to 
record yesterday and um I couldn't do it. I I needed a I needed a night to uh sleep on it. It was it was a beautiful film. I'll agree with you on that and it was a very thoughtful exploration of what made this man tick, what made such an influential and so widely remembered program possible. It's it's a great movie and thoughtful is the word I keep using. I think I said it to you when we were on the phone yesterday. Um Yeah. Because yeah. Morgan Neville, the director, really it's not an investigation so much, but it's just a it's a long conversation with people who knew Fred well that really gives you a deeper understanding of the, of the guy. And right. true to form in a very patient and gentle manner, right? In exactly the manner that was respectful of what he, Fred Rogers, would have done it if he would have ever been so, in his eyes, I imagine, vain to do that. Yeah, right, right. But I, it was so beautifully done, and it explored. See, I started to read the book, I guess, that that's out and I don't, I took it back to the library, so I don't know who wrote it. But it started out from his childhood that was somewhat damaging. Mm-hmm. He was very sickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and how he made this little world on his bed. You know, it went, in, it went into it in much more depth than the movie did. Um, and explained that his mother was very protective. He He came from money, and felt isolated because of that. Because he came from money, he felt different. He was driven to school, and he didn't have many friends, and Mm -hmm. again, he was sickly. Um, But he he didn't, uh, it wasn't like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It was just sort of like, uh, sort of like an episode of the tortoise and the hare, I thought, in that he could see he could always see his vision and just stayed the course. He was going to be a minister, and then he made a trip home at a time when television was evolving and and watched all the nonsense and thought, why aren't they doing something good with this? Right, right, which I wish more people would ask that question of television. Um, yes, he said again and again that he wanted to use this mass media to help people and to and to he really really wanted to impart to children that it was okay to have your feelings no matter what they were he wanted children to feel loved and accepted to me a part of this was um you know he he did go on to get his degree or ordained mm-hmm. or whatever ordained yeah to, his to be a minister uh, and to me, it put me in mind of a spe- an experience. I was raised Catholic, um, and I did not go to Catholic school, so the nuns just hated us publics, as we were called. Um, and they taught of a God that was very vengeful. If you didn't do what God wanted, you know, there was punishment. It was punishment. It was awful and um, very, you know, it was very extreme. And I went to the local church 
a couple of Sundays with a friend, and their God, Protestant God, was very loving, very <laughs> accepting, very forgiving. And for me, that started a lot of questions. You know, these this is the same God, but not the same God. Um, and so that's what Fred Rogers made me think of, that here was a safe place. Here was, there were no surprises. There was, mm. it was just safe. Which I, when I watched Fred Rogers, I was probably about 12, so I just thought this was the most eye-rolling, yeah. deserving stuff. Right. I understand it more now, and wish there was more of this. Well, uh, what did you make of it when I was watching it religiously as a little boy, which I did? I was just glad for a half hour of quiet. <laughs> you know, I didn't really think about it very much. Do you remember watching it and what you felt? Yes, I do. Um, I mean, I I remember loving the things that Mr. Rogers would show us. Um, yeah. You know, he would take you, he'd take you to the bakery and show you how a cake is made, or he'd roll a video of, you know, <laughs> crayons or erasers, uh, you know, seemed to come up more than once, and those were mesmerizing. But he he also taught you how to, <clears throat> as a little child, he taught you how to be around people. And he taught you how to be a person without being so didactic about it, by just by the way he carried himself and by the way he engaged with the world. Um, you know, maybe the word role model applies, but it doesn't quite capture it. You know, and the fact that this movie got into a little bit of the... Um, ministerial side of him yeah. clarified a lot of that to me you know he was he yeah. was preaching i guess in his own way preaching doesn't even seem like the right, right word but he was spreading his word spreading god's word perhaps in his own way without ever you know the movie talks about how his was a very open vision of christianity that incorporated all different points of view um, and all different schools of thought, and and why not? And why not? But, you know, the, the, the way it was all presented, I have two things to say. Um, <laughs> why is this so hard to talk about? It showed him um, interacting with the black people on his show, showing us that they're just people. They're not, mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. they're just they're people just like us. You know, it's a hot day. I'm cooling my feet off. Would you like to join me in, in cooling my feet, your feet? Um, a black man, they'll share their towel. And then at the same time, you know, that looks like such a little peek at something. And then they show um, this the newsreels of people that are swimming in a pool black people that are sleeping in a pool and the owner, I guess it's at a motel, the owner coming out and, and dumping bleach yeah. all over them and in the pool. And I know. It, yeah. The perspective is why it's astonishing to, to, to see that. Yeah. Um, and I, that's a great example to pull out because yes, you know, seeing that scene which I remembered from being a kid. I remembered 
him with his feet in the pool and the the black policeman in the pool but i would never have described that way it that way as a kid right i never would have said the black policeman because they was just that was the policeman on mr rogers right right right. you would think nothing of it that was his quiet radicalism that the film so deftly explores like it seems like nothing watching it as a kid but then looking at the context you see how important it is and how he was really saying something bold and important there and yet at the heart of it it's so simple we're like you said we're all people we're all human beings um we face so much of the same suffering and doubts and fears uh and he wanted to help us through that right the fact that he could do that while making a political statement or a social statement uh, yeah. is testament to his genius. This was the other thing I was going to say. I grew up in a time when the Cold War was going on, and I remember coming for a visit to my uncle's in Nashua, and he had a had all the blueprints to make a bomb shelter, and that was probably eight. Nine, and I thought, well, my cousins are going to survive this, but I'm not. We don't have a bomb shelter. There's nobody's talking about building a bomb shelter for us. Mm. But and nobody bothered to take the time to explain anything. Jeez, how scary that must have been. Also, can I just say, Nashua? Probably not the first place the Russians are going to (laughs) hit. Right. (laughs) This is a this is a, a city in New Hampshire, uh, by the way, for people who don't know. And I city, I use the term somewhat loosely, although I think it is the biggest town in in New Hampshire. Or is that Manchester? Uh, They're pretty close know, in any it, case. At, at one point, you know, it was where a lot of the mills were. And right. so it was. Yeah. But, you know, here here was an instance where nobody bothered to say to the children, uh, you know, this probably isn't going to happen or. You know, we didn't have Mr. Rogers. We had Soupy Sales throwing pies at people. <laughs> right, right. You know, this this is a man that did not have an easy life. I mean, I, I know he had food. He wasn't poor or whatever. But his life was not easy. He went off to college. He went to Dartmouth. And uh, he didn't succeed there. It was uh, It was a little too macho for him. And he did not fit in. He wasn't comfortable. And he left, which I think was probably a very brave thing for him to do it in that day and age, mm. you know, switching around stuff. And it just, I don't think it was easy for him. And he never forgot all that. He never forgot it all. I mean, you know, when you get on the floor and look at stuff from your, your baby's point of view, it's very different than sitting on the couch and viewing your kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me... Say, well, I think it's so difficult to talk about it, if I may. You know, having a child, um, for me, and I think for many people, it's an experience where um, the vulnerability of childhood has been renewed afresh in me. And maybe it's because I was such an intense little boy and because my emotions 
were so intense and I think remain that way, although I have a better hold on them uh, as an adult. But, um, you know, I understand Leo, um, who's almost three now, very well. Like I, I, you know, when he throws tantrums, I understand and I can feel it. And the vulnerability of childhood has been renewed in me, except it has an added complexity as an adult because it's intermingling with the complications of adulthood. So um, this movie, I've heard the word nostalgia applied to it. And that's some of it, but it's not the whole of it. It's that when Mr. Rogers talks to you and you see these clips of him talking to you, it still feels like he's talking to you, even if you're not five years old, you know, um, there's the story from from the fellow who played the policeman on the show. Um, And he talks about. He was gay, and that was actually a point of some uh, tension at one point in his career because it was important right. that that not get out, that there was a gay cast member that could endanger the, the show. Um, but he talks about a, um, a moment he had where uh, Mr. Rogers had, had spoken to the children and said, you know, you're, you're special just the way you are, and... and he went over to Mr. Rogers after that taping and said, I felt like you were talking to me. And Mr. Rogers said, I've been talking to you for two years. It's just you heard me for the first time. And I think that's why it gets you, because his manner returns you to the innocence of childhood yourself it's not just nostalgia this sort of retrospective gaze you it doesn't feel retrospective in the moment you feel like a child he makes you feel like another human being who he's addressing and you could be four or 94 and the effect would be the same that's that's his power that's why it's a struggle to talk about it as an adult because the emotions that he makes you feel feel very um, primitive, which I mean in the sense of primal mm. and basic yeah. and, and fundamental. Yes. And, and to me, it's like his goal is to infuse a brand new dry sponge with all good things. <laughs> Right, right. You know, that right from the beginning, it's all good. It's all nourishing. It's all, you know, suck all this in and take it all in. It's safe. It's pure. It's good. Um, And we lose that. You know, we go to school and somebody makes fun of something of yours. And, you know, there's, uh, in little ways, as you go through life, not everybody is watching out for your feelings and your and your uh, your thoughts and your mental health. That's right. Although the lessons of Mr. Rogers can remain with you. And I will say that I, I get what you're talking about in terms of Mr. Rogers being a totally safe presence. But it wasn't all good and pure, the, the subject matter. I mean, as the film explores, 
he talked about war and death and divorce. Um, And I've watched some of those episodes with Leo as we there's a whole Mm -hmm. there's a huge collection of uh, Mr. Rogers episodes on Amazon Prime Video. If you have kids and would like to watch them, it's really the only TV I let uh, Leo watch when he's with me. And I love sitting down and snuggling up with him on the couch and watching an episode of Mr. Rogers with him. He's so engaged. He loves Mr. Yeah. Rogers. He knows all the songs. He sings. Um, <laughs> there are many ways to say I love you. He, you know, he toddles around the house singing that. Um, he sings the goodbye song. He just loves it. And I'm glad he's learning those lessons. And Mr. Rogers is saying all the things to him that I want to say to him and that I do say to him. Yeah. But maybe it means something extra when it's confirmed by someone other than his daddy and also while he's sitting right next to you yes that's right you know, you're both in the same spot that's right <clears throat> and i'll say this also this is my last thought but i wanted to share this um you know getting that tv show last year was a big deal for me um mm-hmm. that had been a goal of mine for a long time and when it ended, and uh, I don't know, I can't get into details, but it was a fraught year, not because of my creative team on the show, who were all wonderful, and I was very proud of what we made, but it was a very difficult year, um, and I fought and fought and fought for that show and worked harder than I ever have in my life, which is saying something, uh, frankly, um, and when it was over, I was really lost i you know because i had like achieved my goal of having a tv show and now i just it was like sand through my fingers and now i felt like i was left with nothing and i didn't know like having climbed the mountain and fallen off what do i do with myself now and one day i read an article um about you know i was researching screen time and effects of that on on children Mm. and i read a study that said that mr rogers neighborhood does not impact children's uh attention spans the way so many other things do um and researchers think that's because of the very deliberate and gentle rhythm and uh the film even talks about how he incorporated silences which most tv does not uh but anyway I read this article and I said, oh, yeah, let me take a look at Mr. Rogers again and uh, before I show it to him. And so I watched an episode that was on YouTube. Um, and when he talked about, you know, people can like you just the way they you are, uh, it, it really hit me. <laughs> I, you know, I was in a very low and vulnerable place and it like the like the uh, cast member who talks about that moment he had with Mr. Rogers in the film, I felt like he was talking to me, even though I was watching this, you know, through Leo's eyes for the you know, sake of my son. I was right. sitting at my computer in the basement watching this episode and uh, was very moved by that message. So I think it is a film and more to the point i think it is a person who can affect you 
at all ages because his messages yeah. are so fundamental to the human experience and so important. Yeah. And to have had them conveyed on television, which can be and usually is such a crass and consumerist medium, yeah. is an astonishing achievement. Thank God for him. So, Mom, what's your grade for? Uh, well, wait, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm I just, just I just want to. I'm going to suggest this because this happened in the film, and it was really epic mm. to me. Was when they said, "Take just a minute mm. and concentrate on one person that has influenced you," mm-hmm. and then they showed the minute. And everybody concentrating on, just for a minute, somebody that influenced them. And, you know, several of them said their mom, which Mm -hmm. always always seemed so very sweet to me. Mm -hmm. But that moment really hit me in that we're we're just rushing through everything. Get this done. Run here. Do this errand. To just take a minute out of your day to honor someone like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just thought it was beautiful. And I, I, this, this really gets an A+. Plus. It's in a, a genre all by itself. <laughs> yes. yes, it is. And uh, I didn't expect to feel this way. No. I was busted up from the very beginning of it. Um, and maybe just because he played such a huge part in my early life. I mean, I used to watch him every day for such a long time. Uh, but also just because I'm experiencing him again through my yeah. son. Yeah. Yeah. Very powerful. Me, highly recommended. Highly recommended. But let me ask you this. Yeah. Your childhood was spent dancing in front of the TV to the praises, right? Also. Yeah. And Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. And... It led you to your passion. It did. Um, so I can't feel bad about that. Uh, no, nor should you. Did you think I was criticizing that? No, but it seems like I could have done a much better job. Uh, no, 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 no. No. All right. I loved that stuff. Plus, I was old, I was a little older than even Leo was before. I was really into all that stuff. So it's not like you yeah. were poisoning me with with hours and hours of television when I was little. But no, you didn't do a bad job at all. I won't hear it. And like you said, it led me to my passion. What would I well, be? Maybe you would have been a minister. <laughs> or maybe I would have been, you know, digging ditches. All right. All right. Okay, Mom, what's your recommendation before we go this week? My recommendation this week is a book. It's called The Jello Girls. It's not called The Jello Girls. It's called Jello Girls. Okay. And by? it is a uh, by Allie Robottom, who is a descendant of the people that have the Jello. Franchise. Well, they don't anymore because they sold it. But, oh, but she's a scion yeah. of the Jello Empire. Is that what you're saying? She is. Mm-hmm. She is. And this is not 
uh, a book of Jello recipes and such, but it is a book that explores the curse of the Jello fortune. The curse. The curse. The curse of the of the Jello money, and that. Uh, it really was only supposed to affect the men, but it, then it affected the women. And it's a little political in what Jello represents a generation <laughs> of women in the kitchen trying to save money, making. Huh. Yeah. Wow, sounds it's, pretty uh, insightful. It's very interesting, and and uh, and she is a descendant, so this is mm-hmm. part of her her uh, heritage, but. There is not one congealed salad recipe in here. <laughs> okay. That's what my aunt used to call them. She called, my aunt called Jello salads congealed salads. Ugh. <laughs> to make it sound even more unappetizing? <laughs> well, I have to tell you, I love Jello. Oh, do you? It's not very good for you, though. It's all sugar, it's all artificial everything Mm -hmm. this and that sugar and horses (laughs) i don't think they boil animal bones anymore but we have it every thanksgiving jello mold yes we do uh speaking speaking of recipes uh you were tasked with providing uh, an apple recipe this week i believe it was apple cake do you have that at the ready i I put the apple butter recipe on Twitter because oh, okay. we, apple butter. Apple butter. Okay, so the apple butter recipe is on Mom's Twitter, M-O-X-I-E-N-H, Moxie N-H. Uh, and Mom always likes to hear from you as long as you're nice on the Twitter. Yeah, as long as you're nice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so Only as long as you're nice. Everybody's nice, though. Everybody has been wonderful. Yeah. Do you like Jello, Johnny? Not really. Okay. Uh, but you know, I'll eat it. All right. Well, you never eat it at Thanksgiving. No, I don't really like it that much. I mean, what I mean is, I'll eat it if, like, I'm in prison or something. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah. Well, on that note, that's it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. Uh, what should we talk about, Mom? Any ideas? Oh, I have the ideal thing. Something oh. interesting. Okay. Oh, I love it. Something interesting. Uh, I get my plug in. Hey, have you been watching Better Call Saul Season 4? All of my basement breakdowns are on YouTube. I'm especially proud of the finale breakdown, the extended length breakdown of that episode. If you want to take a deeper look into the show, just look up Basement Breakdown on YouTube. Uh, and of course, if you enjoy this show, Pop Mom, consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts or saying kind words about us in any form you so please. We appreciate it. Even if it's whispered into your pillow at night, we are grateful for it. (laughs) We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. Bye, Johnny.